All right, good evening, citizens of the world. This is the Between the Joysticks podcast, episode eight, with your host, Soul Man, and your other host, LZ. Hey! Uh, got a pretty good show tonight. A lot of information coming out. Um, We're just going to kick right off throughout the gate. We're going to talk about some Star Wars stuff, specifically something that popped through today on January 17th, 2020, around like 2.30, 3 o'clock. There were some rumors that came out that said the Kenobi series was dead in the water, and that was because Ewan McGregor was leaving because of creative differences. That lasted all of five hours, maybe. Uh, just literally just before you arrived here and we started recording, his reps confirmed that it was completely false. So good news, uh, and I don't think I don't think I really ever thought it was in doubt. They've been prepping this for three years because when he went on the uh, I think it was the Graham Norton show, uh, the, the the British talk yeah, yeah, yeah. that that all the stars go on when they're right. promoting stuff. Um, and he basically confirmed that this this is a thing. This has been in the works for like three years that they've been in talks to do this. Yeah, I think that interview was right after uh, D23 where they actually brought him up and they said and, this is the thing. And, and he's been attached to it for three years without it even being in production before Disney Plus was really on the ground and getting moving. So for that to be such right. a long-standing thing, for it to be in the works for that long... I, the fact that he would leave now over creative, yeah, it doesn't make any creative sense. differences makes zero sense because the creative differences would have been resolved two years ago before they even had the thought of announcing Yes. Yeah. So my thought is, I think everyone kind of figures, and I think this is true, that the series that they're doing was originally supposed to be a movie. And Solo didn't do super well at the box office. Um, obviously, things with The Last Jedi kind of shook some things up. I think that plans changed to switch this to a television show whether that's through disney plus or yeah. whatever whatever other channels that they had at the well, time and the thing is if you're doing a series like we've seen a mandalorian you have the chance for multiple seasons correct even if it's a mini series correct but we're looking at a total of probably six to eight hours like we've seen with yeah. you know we've it discussed is... this with everything else yeah but the thing is with a movie you're getting two two and a half hours yep. tops agreed so you're taking a lot of stuff a lot of big overarching things, big events that are going to be condensed to three hours time for the sake for of the most part, a, yeah. a single sitting moment. There's not going to be an Obi-Wan trilogy of films. No, there's just not enough, there's not enough content or, or but, things going on. Unless you just want to watch him like peer out his hut window and look at Luke every once in a while. I mean, I mean you're, not, you I mean, you're just not going to get a ton of content with Obi-Wan it's just him on those 19 years. With, it's just him and, and Ghost Yoda talking... <laughs> You know. He's just talking to Qui-Gon. Him and Qui-Gon are just hanging out. Yeah, just, um, but I, I don't think anyone ever really thought that this was in danger. Uh, when the leaks came out to me, I immediately, when I immediately started looking things up, it was from a website that is used to spreading rumors, didn't have a good source. So I think... Everybody that reported on it didn't have a good source. Exactly. It was just rumor mill feeding rumors. And, I, and I'm glad that his reps came out and said something. I'm glad someone came out and said something because I thought on my drive home... Since it came out around 3.30, I got off work at like 5, so I, I drove home and thought about it. Someone needs to say something quickly from Disney or, or Ewan's team because if they don't, that says a lot. I'm not saying that it would have meant that it's not, it's not a go, but it means that where there's, where there's smoke, there's a fire, 
essentially. Yeah. And it, it, them coming out and saying something so quickly, I think, squishes that any hope that, or any you know possibility of there being any issue. Right, and, and like we said, it's supposed to originally been a movie, and we talked about how there was an awful lot of content that was going to get summarized, and now it's getting swapped right. over into small screen format, which means we're going to have to spend a lot more time on this stuff, which means they can take a lot more time adapting those things. Yeah. So while there is an opportunity for creative differences to emerge there... I don't think as as passionate as he is about the character about the project that Agreed. that's remotely a possibility moving forward. Yeah, I especially agree with, with you. the talent that they have pushing this stuff forward because I don't necessarily know that Kevin Feige has a hand in, in this at this point. I'm not sure who but, has a hand I know in the he's, Kenobi I, series because I know he's supposed to be pushing the movies that they that they move forward. But I don't know how much a hand he has so, on the show. So I was doing so from what I've heard right now. The only we know he controls all. Well, no, no. So Feige has Feige has a Feige has a movie set up to produce. Right, that's the one that they're supposed. That's to we have Taika. we have no idea. That's what I'm assuming. I would love if Taika got together. I'm not sure if they want to bring Taika in for another movie. If they want to do Feige one and Taika another one. I think either way, it would be great. Them them working together, I think, would be a good pair. I think that would make for some good storytelling. I mean, it already did great with Ragnarok. The only thing that's going to be an issue for a lot of people is. Look at what Ragnarok did to Thor. It did It'll a lot change of, some things. It did a lot of good things, but what's the one thing it did tonally? It went from very dark, Shakespearean, classical theater Thor Agreed. and brought him into a more pop-culturally referenced, yeah, um, lively, enthusiastic, very joke-filled Thor. While most of it wasn't very forced... Right. It was it was unique and natural. There weren't really any forced jokes. And that's the thing no. with Tyke is everything that he does, even with Jojo Rabbit and things like that, there's right. humor to it and it's and it's done well to the point that we can yeah. laugh at things like Nazis, like if there's a ten year old kid whose best friend is an imaginary Hitler that right. we can't really see the kind of jokes and how to do that properly since the time of Mel Brooks when he was doing things like Blazing Saddles and I think... Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's one of the few people that I think can do that well. Agreed. Yeah, but definitely. the problem that people have with inserting humor for whatever reason into Star Wars, as long as it's not forced, I understand that argument. But there are some people who absolutely hate any joke. I agree with you from 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 Star Wars, and I think that there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of backlash on that if if Taika is to move forward. But again, we saw what he did with the season finale of Mandalorian. And it was yeah. done well. I so think, I think that was universally well-received from most of the Star Wars fan yeah, base that definitely. has access to Disney Plus and Mandalorian. So I, I don't necessarily know that'll be as big a concern. No, But I, people I think, already know what to expect if we see a movie based yeah. on that with how he views and deals with Star Wars. I think if you look at what, like you said, what he did with the season finale of Mandalorian and what he did with his character of IG-11... Obviously, he has a little bit of creative. I would I would assume he has a little bit of creative say when it comes to working with IG Eleven with Dave Filoni and, and uh, John or um, oh my God John Favreau. Um, I would say that he has something to do there. I would say it wasn't all of them. I'm sure he added a little bit of ad lib to some lines or things like that. So I'm sure that's tasteful. Now I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm I don't love jokes when it comes to Star Wars. When they are appropriate, it makes sense. Like the first opening fifteen minutes of the Last Jedi. I can't stand it. I think it's the most cringiest stuff. Poe talking about Hux's mother and Luke tossing a lightsaber over his shoulder. I hate all of it. It's the only part of the movie that I hate. Right, but the opening ten minutes of that Mandalorian. Just, spo- spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah, if you haven't major, seen Mandalorian. It's not a major. But, it's not a major spoiler, but it. But it is. Um, 
just in the way that opening, yeah. it's kind of a cold open, honestly. With, from, yeah, from Jason Sudeikis and episode. Adam Pally as the Stormtroopers. Because it's very red versus bluish, like the old Halo red versus yeah. blue, like church and caboose sitting there arguing. Uh, yeah, it's just two two Stormtroopers who are just kind of, you know, just, just shit. Waiting. They're just waiting, waiting on. For orders. Yep. And they're just sitting there cracking, you know, these, 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 it's not really actual jokes. Like, we as the audience read them as jokes, but it's a very serious they're conversation. They're having a conversation, yeah. And it's believable. Um, I think that's what it is. And I, think I think stuff like that gets, and gets that across very well. And that goes for 10 to 15 minutes. So that's the difference yeah, between it's a long humor open. that goes well versus Correct. something that's shoehorned in and forced to, to where the audience is supposed to know that this is a joke. Agreed. You know what I mean? As opposed to something that plays out naturally and is humorous. I think I think the stuff from from Mandalorian. There's a lot of stuff in Mandalorian that is is like that. It's it's kind of fresh. It's it's organic. It doesn't feel forced at all. There's a lot of kind of jokey moments, and I'm cool with that. I'm not saying we can't have jokes. I'm saying I just like the Last Jedi. I I like the Last Jedi. It's it's a good Star Wars movie in my opinion. I don't have any issues with it. I do think the jokes at the beginning hurt the movie. When I watch that movie, I it is tough for me to get through. Luke, 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 jeez, Luke tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder is the last one that I really have like a lot of problems with. Um, I wish if he'd have just dropped it, like if he would just let it fall out of his hands, that would have been a little bit better. Um, Poe talking about Hux's mother, I, I just it it just it's very cringy in my opinion. But I think you're right. I think Taika will do a great job with it. Um, I think. I think whatever movie Feige ends up working on, they'll do a great job with it. I, like I said, I think Lucasfilm has learned their lesson from the sequel trilogy, and whatever whatever they've got going on next, uh, they'll do a great job with. So let's talk about that, because there was another rumor that sprouted up around Tuesday, and that's that the next, or that's that a Knights of the Old Republic movie and a TV show are in development at Lucasfilm. Yeah, I saw that. My assumption is that whoever let the High Republic rumor out mixed some things up. I believe the High Republic rumor is strictly for books, comics, and video games. That was... So you think that that's purely... You don't think anything was, with Old Republic and High Republic has anything to do with possibly. Project Luminous? So, no, 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 I think Project like Luminous Re- is the High Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. Because when they originally announced that, it made it out to be... Right, because books the, and novels and comics and things like right, that. It was not made out to be this giant overarching thing. As much as I would love that, right, it's unexplored territory that they can use exactly. All those materials I just don't with. think. I don't think that, that Project Luminous is tied in with the films. If it is, and I'm wrong, and I very well could be, I think that's great. But I, I really do think that the movie in 2022 is going to be an older public movie, and they're going to use that older public movie to kick off a. A TV show of some kind, whether it involves Revan, Malik, um, Bastila, anybody like that, I-, I can assume that's something they would do. Now, the movie in 2024 and 2026, I have no idea. Those could be tied to Project Luminous after the High Republic kind of gets going. We know that, well, we know that a rumor going around is that they are getting away from trilogies now and that things are going to pop up. Yeah, they you just know. want to do one-off adventures. And I think that's fine. I think it's a good idea. Time to help expand the lore. Right. Which... Well, and with Disney Plus, you can do that because you can do like an Old Republic movie and then that a series can kick off like after that. Kind of like the Clone Wars did. I think people, a lot of people forget the Clone Wars had an animated movie that came out in like, 
think it was 2007. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah, before the actual show, like, kicked off in 2009. So the, the yeah. movie kind of got things going for it. Yeah, and that's that's always a good thing because when, when you do a movie before you do a show, you have to spend a lot of time in the show, usually six to seven episodes, building up that cast. Right. And getting you invested in those characters, whereas a two to three hour movie gets you invested yep. in those characters instantly. That's the issue that we had with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC that a lot of people kind of fell out of it because everybody was like, oh, Agent Coulson, yay! And then you're like, okay, now I have to get invested in these eight other characters yep. who aren't in comic books. They're wholly original to the show. Yep. They don't appear in any of the movies. Well, Quake, Quake's not original, is she? No, Quake is... But she that, doesn't, that was a development that happened I was going to say, she doesn't come line. in later until like season two or three, right? Right, because they okay. cha- they changed her name. Spoiler to ah, anybody who is okay. planning on catching up with it. Her, her character name starts out as Sky, and she's a hacker. She's like this anti-hero gotcha. kind of thing, and she's like one of the first people that Phil picks up. She's built up as a small enemy, and then her name is Sky. And then as we move on to character development through seasons two and three, after the team's well-established in the first eight episodes... Um, into like seasons two and three, they start getting into the Inhuman storyline. Then we find out that, well, Skye's mother is actually leader of the Inhumans clan on Earth, and her dad is, ends up being Lash, which is gotcha. a, a great Inhuman hunter. Gotcha. Um, and, and then basically what it comes out to is, oh no, your name isn't Skye. That was your adopted name from when we let when, when we let you leave, and you know you had to be. Because, you know, whatever. Gotcha. Because you, you couldn't be associated. I was going to say, I knew she was then in it, act, I just... Your actual name is Daisy Johnson, and everybody lost their minds because Daisy Johnson is quake. Right. And then we got to see those powers and things like that unfold. But, yeah, yeah. It, it was such a hard thing to get people involved and emotionally invested in that series because they didn't want to take the time to learn all these things. They just wanted to jump in with Coulson on his adventures, and there was no way that was going to work with, yeah. with a team that was nowhere near near them. But after that, after that team was set up, it was great. But like I said, when we start out with a movie in Star Wars to get those cast members taken care of, like that's the whole reason that Rogue One is doing so well. That's why they. That's what we introduced all these different characters that were probably mentioned in lore beforehand. Because I'm not really a whole hundred percent sure, but it was it was largely just something that was in there because we knew that the events occurred. We had to know how they got the Death Star plan. That's right. why the movie was made. Yeah. And now we have all these other characters like Captain Andor, who's supposed to be getting his own yep, movie he is, so or that's still on. series. That's still on. But the thing is, when you introduce characters like that and you get people invested in them through a movie like that, you can then branch off with all these different right. character series or movies or extra things. So having one big movie for Old Republic to kind of introduce people to smaller stories, Makes smaller sense. groups, and then branch off. Like I mean, we don't know. We may even it may even end up being um, well. all three movies may end up being Old Republic, and then they branch off TV shows after the three movies are done. I mean, we don't know. It's a rumor right yeah. now. I would be surprised if that's how it goes if the TV show's in development Oh, no, that would be exciting. Get one but, that's just purely a sit show, so you see everything yeah, I think that would be. I think that would be, be great. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Give me more bad guys. Rogue One, uh, the only character we knew coming in from Rogue One from the extended universe was Saw Gerrera. He made an appearance in the Clone Wars. So I think just like... But having him involved, like, that was their first from animation to live-action character. So I think when you see something like that... You know, I think that kind of gives you hope. Like, we've seen, like, obviously Darth Maul came back in Solo, and I think that's a great example. I think if Solo had been a movie, which obviously it started off as, and then they said immediately, okay, we're doing a Disney Plus show on Crimson Dawn, which is Darth Maul's, his syndicate, essentially. I think that would have got everybody hooked at that point. I mean, I think it would have got you to go say, okay, I need to go see Solo now, because the Blu-ray sales for Solo did really well. Problem is, the movie only made about $500 million, and I say only is 
probably because it probably made cost about five hundred million dollars to make it. So I mean, it, it's obviously hit or miss like that. Um, I, I just think, regardless, I think Lucasfilm learned their lesson. I think anything that comes out is going to be meticulously planned from now on, especially if they are doing a TV show and a show to or a TV show and a movie together. They will plan things out. They're obviously going to make sure that actors have you know contracts that are going to extend through the show so they're taken care of and everything is put together essentially so i wouldn't worry anything about that i think um i think they're gonna i think they're gonna they know what everyone wants everyone has obviously been clamoring for older public stuff since disney took over and since we knew we were going to get more content um the kenobi series is is going to be fine and uh we're obviously getting cassian andor i don't think we're getting either of the kenobi series or the cassian show this year i think we they're both any, 2021 there's, there's no hard dates on them. yeah no so I, I would i'd be shocked unless now unless they drop something at star wars celebration in april which is possible I, I mean i wouldn't be shocked to see an obi-wan teaser trailer uh i don't know if we'll get a release date or anything but it might be like a stinger reel that's what i was thinking at, at yep that's what i was thinking so but i do think i do think we will get hard confirmation on what these new Star Wars movie will be in 2022. I think we'll, we're supposed to get a director here by the end of the month. It's only, but we're only about halfway through, so I'm not too surprised we haven't heard anything yet. And I would be shocked if we don't hear more information on anything Old Republic, Project Luminous, all that stuff in April. So uh, that wraps up our Star Wars discussion. We are next. We're going to talk about uh, delay season 2020. Woo! Uh, everything that is coming out first quarter 2020, except for like. Two games right now. Yeah, three keep, games. Keep trekking, Animal Crossing. Yeah, Animal Crossing can... hasn't been delayed yet. Uh, <laughs> DBZ Kakarot released today on schedule, and The Last of Us. Even though The Last of Us did get it uh, delayed earlier, it just hasn't been recently. Right, but even even then, the first Last of Us game was delayed for polishing. Yeah, and and I'm not surprised this is happening. Um, I, I, I for one am really happy it's happening because my backlog is a mile long, and now I've got nothing to play in the beginning of the year. So hopefully I can get through some things. And that, and that seems to be most of the gaming versus whole yeah. thing. Because everything I see on Twitter, everything I see on Facebook, like even uh, Xbox's official uh, Microsoft Gaming's Twitter is you know asking how everybody's backlog's doing now that we've got right <laughs> now that we've got some extra time um, because that pretty much means that all the major releases from this spring and summer are all getting pushed back to fall, which means there's going to be a crazy ton amount of games coming out in the fall. And some of which we don't even know are coming yet because we have some that were announced at the video game awards, and well, we, we know that they're coming. Plus, we know we, that they're coming next year. But I mean, we have E three still yet. Yeah, we don't even know what's releasing with new systems. Because I mean, I would be so. I know Xbox has stated that there will not be any Xbox Series X exclusives, which means everything right. will be backwards between Xbox One and it's and all going to drop X. on the new series, and it's going to drop on Xbox One. But which I would is, be, is nice. I would be shocked if all they do is Halo and Forza. They have to have. I'm assuming or Fable Four is going to be announced. I mean, they have 14. IPs right, they so have 14 first party studios. I, Something has to drop. I, I would agree. Schools. So I don't like. I don't think Sanua Saga is going to be ready yet. I think that is going to be in development for a while because I think that's going to be much bigger than Sanua's Sacrifice. Because I know you can get through Sanua's Sacrifice in a day if you really tried. Um, and just so we're clear, the games that were have been delayed so far. Um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is the big one. The Square Enix Marvel Avengers, the Marvel game, game and the uh, Final Fantasy seven remake game. Yeah. Uh, now that one was only pushed back to March. That's not too bad. It was only about two months. 
It was supposed to release in... Uh, it was supposed to release in... I'm sorry, I got pushed back to April. It was supposed to release in March, I believe. So it only got pushed back like a month, but they'll polish some things up. And that's going to be an episodic release, so... I can understand why they only pushed it back a month. It probably is not a whole lot they have to do with it. They probably just want it to run smoother. Marvel, I'm a little surprised at. Well, just because I think... I, I want to say half the reason they did it the was running to, theory was to, to get, get away, away from, from Cyberpunk. That's That seems to be the public opinion. I um, doubt that was it. No, I think they said they were going to try, try to polish it up, try to get I agree. some characters. I think they looked at to... Anthem and Fallout 76 and games like that and said, okay, we can't do this. It's gotta be. It's gotta be ready when it comes out right. the door. Right, and, and usually when 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 things come out the gate like that, and people say we're gonna polish it so that it's more stable, it's ready to run, it's gonna look nicer, right? Than than what our original date is. When people see that the quality of the product is the reason that it's getting delayed, like they like we saw with Red Dead Two, like we saw yeah. with Last of Us, like we saw with Witcher Three, which got bought back a couple of times. That means yeah, there that was a lot of delays with Witcher. There were a lot of delays last gen just yeah, because for the sake of making things more polished. Witcher was announced at and it's E3 always, 2013, right? And it yeah. didn't release until 2015. Correct. That's what I thought. Yeah, it took a long while. And every time that somebody has, or somebody, some company has pushed back a game for the sake of making it look better, making it run better, making the system have less bugs, making it a more complete and finished product when it releases, that has always gone well. Because yeah. every game that we just mentioned is a full and complete title that everybody has virtually no qualms with. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it and you look back at games that get delayed, there's not a ton of them recently. The but only difference... Mostly, I mean, they've turned out to be solid, you know, solid outings. It's Generally, when a game gets delayed, it's a good thing. I mean, it sucks having to wait. I mean, the only one I'm really upset we have to wait for... Is Cyberpunk. I probably wasn't going to play... And you're still going to be waiting two years because their multiplayer function that we have confirmed we know is not going to drop until yeah, 2022 sometime because well, they're, they're building it as something entirely separate. Yeah, they said so. They said it wouldn't be until uh, sometime in 2021 is when they said the multiplayer. So anytime after 2021, essentially. So either in that year or after it, I would be I would be shocked if it's super late. I mean, I know CD Projekt Red, that's probably on the back burner for them. They want to get the single player done right. Uh, but I can't imagine it, it going too long. I, I did forget something. There is one game releasing in March that I will pick up, and that's Doom Eternal. Um, I'm excited for that. I think that is... This is a big year for Bethesda. I think they are... I think they're going to knock it out of the park this year. I, I still have faith in, in God Howard. Whether everyone else does or not, I think now obviously Doom Eternal is not Bethesda Game Studios. It's it's software, and I think they do a good job. I think the I, the first Doom I loved. I think Doom Eternal will be even better. E uh, three this year. I think Bethesda does show up, and I think they announce Starfield. Hopefully, if not, I don't know what else they would even even talk about essentially i mean we'd probably get another look at elder scrolls 6 but we already know that that's not in. The yeah that's the next game really. down the line I mean, so last e3 they dropped that little teaser where we basically just fly over you know two years ago there's there's some, yeah that was two there's, years there's ago a castle way yeah we don't know any we don't even know the setting of that castle game still or a city way way in the background that's kind of walled you can't really yep. make out what it is there's a lot of long, green, rolling pastures that nobody can really kind of make out. There's no discernible features. No, in yeah, it, we we out. know nothing about that game. And a handful of like brown mountains. And, uh, and it just said Elder Scrolls Six, and that's all we knew. 
Uh, the Iron Man VR game also got delayed. I forgot all about that too. Yeah. There's just, I mean, I'm not super surprised. I mean, I am surprised, but I'm, like, I'm not anymore. I think, I think that I want to hope that the PS5 and the Series X generation is going to be the generation of companies getting their stuff together. After the after the garbage that we got in this last generation, I mean, some stuff that deserved that did not deserve to release at all, whether it was devoid of content, was not ready at launch. Busted at launch. Loot boxes galore. Yeah, anything like that. I hate a play. I think I think companies need to figure. I, I think they have. I think that's why you're starting to see things like this. You're gonna start seeing a lot more delays. You're gonna start seeing them extend things because it, they would need. They've realized that there's so much so stuff much, is releasing. There's been so much backlash across the entire gaming community over unfinished yep. or I have to pay to get something that should be free. Yep. Or something that should have just been included as a base game. Because, I mean, people have backlashed against Destiny because all the DLC that was there was originally base yeah. game. Now, we don't for know. For the most part. At least for we're Destiny a, 1. We're assuming that's Activision's doing. Right. But we're not sure. Let me clarify that. Everything for Destiny 1, all the unlockable areas, all the DLC, for the most part of that, for that year one Destiny 1, was all stuff that was originally there. It was right. just locked away until after vanilla gameplay campaign. Right. Uh, so that that angered a lot of people, but we saw that with a lot of different things like Battlefront Two and yeah, Battlefront Two had loot box issues. I mean, Fallout Seventy Six and Anthem aren't finished games. Essentially, Fallout Seventy Six is still having problems. I don't even think Anthem is virtually dead. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's made, I think it's... they said they're trying to they're trying to get something together to do like a relaunch. Essentially, yeah, I don't know how well that'll go. No Man's Sky managed to pull its yeah out of its No Man's Sky, Sea of Thieves. A, it's actually both a of those decent game now. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, both of those. I mean, all three of those games. Elder Scrolls Online has been killing yeah, it's it fantastic for years. now. Yeah, I mean, I have no issues with with Elder Scrolls Online. I think it is doing things correct. But, but like so, I said, we've seen enough backlash across PC, PlayStation, kinda, Xbox, just everything, games, and through a variety of publishers most of them dealing with bethesda and most of them dealing yeah, with bethesda with activision. ea activision right now but those three companies which have always been kind of notorious for glitchy unfinished or with just bethesda bug, right. bugs more so than unfinished but yeah because uh, i mean there, there's even even with red dead and all of its wonderful things it's online gaming oh yeah still bugged to date yeah and it's and it's pay to play for the most part i mean it's but it's the thing is there's been so much that it's been seen there's been so much outcry from the majority of the people that are playing these games that yeah i don't think companies can really sustain no i I don't that kind of that it it will shift eventually here's the thing things like red dead i don't like red dead and game uh uh shoot grand theft auto i give their online stuff a pass because they provided a a deep single player story that is multiple hours of good gameplay, good storytelling. So that I don't mind as much, especially because it came after the game released. Right. It's, so that's it's not nearly as bad. It's not really something. Now, like Star Wars Battlefront Two, where the campaign was kind of meh. I thought the multi. I've always thought the multiplayer was fun as hell. I don't have any issues with it, even when it was air quotes pay to win. Listen, I played the first couple months of that game and the release period. I didn't never bought a single thing and I did fine. I get it. Yeah, you can get power up for for, you know, for money essentially. 
But in my opinion, well, if you are... the other issues were heroes that were only unlocked if you bought Yes, them. that I get. I completely understand like, that. main canonical characters, like Vader. Yes, I completely <laughs> understand. That is that is not okay. You cannot lock away heroes that other people can buy and access that are, have different abilities. Because if, if they did that now, like Anakin's in the game, and he is just overpowered as can be. Yeah, I get it. If you locked him behind a paywall... Right, like if Vader, would if Vader was the free vanilla version and you had to swap him out for like Anakin as a skin and the skin came with extra powers, that's acceptable because that's another variant of the main character that's unlockable in the base game. But locking away a main canonical yes, character I agree that with everybody you. loves playing I agree with you from previous iterations. And I think I think a lot of the stuff too, when you look at like Fallout seventy six I think Bethesda knew that this was kind of them getting into something that they never done before. They they did something they'd never done before in, in announcing not one but two upcoming games. Generally, Bethesda doesn't tell us what they're doing until the last possible second at E three. Well, and, and the year before or the be honest, couple months before release. As terrible as it is to say, they kind of knew Fallout seventy six was a throwaway game. Because it exists outside the standard Fallout yeah. lore. They rewrote a whole bunch of stuff just for the sake of it existing in this game so that they could make a multiplayer game yeah. that included all the facets I think of their of their various lore. Because things like Brotherhood of Steel should not should exist, not exist yet, 25 yeah. years afterwards. The Super Mutants should not exist in yeah. West Virginia at that time. Everything that kind of exists within this Fallout 76... Fallout universe is basically an alternate universe away from everything else that's Yeah, there. I think basically they knew. They're like, okay, we want to do this. We want to do something similar to Elder Scrolls Online because of how well it had done. And I think they knew that it was going to be something that people weren't going to stick with or not. I shouldn't say stick with. They weren't going to latch on to as easily. So that's why they gave us the teasers for Starfield and Elder Scrolls. Right, and, and I'm, I'm still waiting. I will probably jump back into 76 once we get the uh, Wastelanders. Wastelanders comes out, I'll jump back into it for a little bit. When we get NPCs and see how that kind of yes. plays things out and see how that changes storyline and what kind of improvements come with that. Uh, have you beaten 76? <laughs> God, no. Okay, me either. I was just curious. Which is really sad because I was really excited for it. Like, I love Flatwoods. And then started doing a whole bunch of site. Like I just explored. I because being, yeah, me being too. from West Virginia, yep. I just wanted to explore. I wanted to Same. see everything that was there. I didn't care about story. Either. I didn't care about anything else. Yeah. I'm sure I, it's the I same way for loved... everybody that was in for, for everybody when Fallout Four came out. Everybody that was from Massachusetts. You just, just wanted explore. to run around, yep. and explore, and see the stuff that you you wanted to see. Yeah. What your world looked a little like different, in but Fallout. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing for DC. That's all I. You I just mean, loved exploring it. After I was after I was done with the exploring for the most part, um, I dropped it until the battle royale came out. Me and you played that for a little bit after that. That no. was enjoyable. Yeah, I liked the Battle Royale. It was a lot of fun. And then that kind of fell off a little bit, and I haven't really touched it since. So when Wastelanders comes back out, which was also, funny enough, delayed, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know the exact release date for that. I think they said first quarter 2020, so I would assume it's going to come out before March. Uh, I'm not... I'm honestly hoping that that's going to be I'm not one sure. of their big reveals for E3s. They're going to say, hey, we have a hard, fast date for this. This is something Well, I have to imagine it'll be out... It has to be out before then. Um, let me look it up real quick, just so. Well, uh, just with the delays, so I have no it. idea, but I want to have some sort of confirmed. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have to imagine it'll be out before then because it's a uh, frick. Um, e three is in June. Yeah. So first quarter should be done by March. Uh, I would have to imagine that it's. 
I want to say, yeah, release date first quarter 2020. So it'll be out before March. Uh, they Actually, they said expect it fairly early in the year. So I would say maybe February. February. Yeah, that's probably a good time. Um, so, yeah, as soon as that comes out, I'll play that for sure. But um, that is, that's pretty much our discussion on, on stuff that was leaked. Uh, I, like I said, things get leaked because generally because the company wants to make it a better game. It's not necessarily because there's like hard bugs or anything i mean sometimes there absolutely can be but in marvel's case i think it's maybe fleshing out the world a little bit more adding a little bit of content polishing some things cyberpunk i think it's all polished i think they just want to make sure that that game is going to be smooth as butter for us when it comes out um and that's what they did with witcher 3 we saw all kinds of stuff like that just to make yeah, because we, combat system we gotta remember when Witcher player. originally released, it was it had some issues. Now it's it's a well oiled machine, but back then when it first released, there was some problems. So I think that's what they're kind of trying to avoid uh, in this situation. But let's go ahead and jump on to our next stuff, and that is going to be some Marvel stuff, and we've got a buttload of it. All right, so I'm going to start with with what's what's real real quick because there's not a whole lot out there. Um, the executive that's behind Hulu's Marvel original right. content, um, he basically came out and said that we are still getting the Hellstrom series, the Damien Hellstrom series. Uh, we know it's going to be a family-based, horror-esque kind of show because anybody who knows about Hellstrom and, and the siblings there, um, they are demon hunters. They deal with all that kind of stuff like, you know, vengeance and, and penance and all those, all those devilish uh, characters and, and, and that sort of thing. Um... We know it's supposed to deal with the with the the, the Hellstrom uh, siblings, and we know that it's put their mother uh, spends twenty years in a mental institution. Whether or not that's uh, has anything major to do with their particular plot, we don't know. Um, the interview came out. I think I saw it on uh, Game Informer that this was published around like ten thirty this morning. Uh, that I saw this interview. But it is currently in production. We don't have a hard date on it yet. Um, but it is going to be very akin to what... From what was described there, it seemed to be very akin to what uh, Fox's uh, New Mutants franchise is going to look like. Um, so that that seems to be promising. Uh, but again, this is one of those things that... It's a Marvel property, but it's not going to be included in the MCU moving forward. Um, because... As we know, with the reshufflings with Marvel TV, this is one of those Marvel TV products that's not going to be included into the MCU. As far as we know right now, so, because Kevin Feige hasn't confirmed one way or what another. I, what I see is it says it's te- it tells a standalone story within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I imagine that it'll be within the universe, but it probably won't have any effect on anything or right. be mentioned here. Um, here he also out. stated that the animated uh, MODOK series, he has seen the first four full episodes. So that's got to be coming along pretty well. Um, that was originally supposed to be part of their animated Offenders uh, series, which included like Howard the Duck and, and, and some other characters like that. Oh, I forgot all about those. Um, but MODOK is the only one that I think that is concretely moving forward and with him only addressing those two in that marvel interview i'm saying i'm gonna i'm saying i don't know if this is 100 percent true or not but with those being the only two that are being pushed forward with all the rumors and kind of talk that we had about marvel tv being shut down the only ones that were going to continue to be pushed forward were the ones that already had the money approved and the production moving forward with that so i'm going to say these are probably going to be our only two hellstrom is going to be live action and modok is of course animated we have four episodes on it 
and Hellstrom is currently in production, and that's pretty much all we know right now. Uh, so that yeah. is all we have on the on the Hulu side, uh, on the television side. There still hasn't been any any forward progress of news or any new rumors regarding the ABC talks. Uh, so we got to just assume that those are still ongoing in some right. some fashion or another. Um, let's, we have movie news. Yeah, let's so let's just talk about Black Widow. It is the first one coming up. Um, so a new synopsis dropped, and we also got a new. I don't know if I would call it a trailer. It was definitely like a. I mean, it's definitely a, a. It's a new trailer. Like the the last one that they dropped was a teaser trailer. The new one included a lot of the same footage. Yeah. They expanded out with a couple of different things. We finally get to see Rachel Vice's character for the first time, uh, and from what we see with her, she has the similar braided hair pattern that we see um, Natasha wearing in Endgame. And we see that she's wearing a similar all-black widow's outfit. Um, And we know that her character has some sort of uh, romantic relationship with uh, David Harbour's uh, Red Guardian. So she's kind of like the mother of this adopted family. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how how that relationship kind of plays out on screen. Um, And we got our first look at Taskmaster with his shield. We got a better look at him, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we got him with the full-on hood. The mask looks amazing. Because some of the the screen grabs that we saw from, like, set leaks and things like that, we saw And the original teaser, yeah, did not look good. it looked a lot like just a generic, like... Like a bicycle helmet. If anybody has watched the CW uh, Arrow series, that vigilante where he looked like he was just, like, in a jumpsuit and a ski mask... That's kind yeah, of what it looked like. That's exactly what it looked but like. The new se- but the new look that we have of Taskmaster is full-on metal skull mask, and it looks amazing, and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, yeah, I thought it looked good. But um, we, we see that he's, a, he's an unknown uh, individual because Black Widow has no idea who he is. We know that uh, the new plot synopses and things that Kevin Feige has kind of dropped in interviews is that we are finally going to get to see the decisions, the events that led her to join S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, nobody has confirmed whether or not that's Budapest. That's very well one of those things that's probably going to remain unknown I have in to the Marvel imagine Universe. That, makes, that comes but, up eventually. But I would say that the Budapest thing is probably just a very Hawkeye and Black Widow relationship yeah. uh, building thing in their personal dynamic after they've probably joined S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think that that's going to be a major thing. I think that was a headcanon thing that a lot of people really wanted to be true. Right. We'll see whether or not that actually is or not, because uh, all we know is we're going to get to see what led to her joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. With this film, and we're going to get to see it move move things forward. Um, so, I'm looking on IMDb. There's a whole list of new widows as the threat, so that's going to be a really yeah. cool really cool thing. So, I'm looking at IMDb right now. Uh, Rachel Weisz's character does have a name. Her name is Melina. Yes. Uh, but I, I'll be honest, when it comes to smaller characters like Black Widow, I know nothing about them in the uh, comic-wise. So. I'm not going to lie either. I don't really okay. know who, who so, she is. But like I said, we know that she has some sort of adoptive mother relationship gotcha. because of her, her romantic relationship with Red Guardian. Okay, yeah. So we, we know that David Harbour's playing Red, Garvey, Red Guardian. Uh, Florence Pugh is playing Yelena. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is rumored, which rumored, but be interesting. He, he made a comment today which kind of squashes those rumors because it was rumored like right after they announced that Black Widow was going to be a thing and that it was taking place post-Civil War. Right. So technically he would, he t- would, he would still be alive. have been alive and the theory was that he was he would make a cameo in some way or another. I can imagine. His, what his exact quote was is I don't know if I appear in it or not. 
Which means that if they do it, it's it'll gonna, be old footage. Or it's going like to be that. old footage from Civil War or something like what they did with the opening of Black Panther, where they show like newsreel footage. That's what I was thinking. Black I could see him being like an interview it'll or be something, something like that. that. Reporters yeah. around him. It's going to be something from like the openings of Infinity War or scrap yep. scenes from Civil War that are going to be played on television or something. Uh, but it's it's not going to be like actually him there in person reading lines in a script because he's given no indication that that he has done that. And he's even gone on record to say when people were asked if he would come back to play Iron Man in any new films that are moving forward, he said it would have to be a very damn motivatingly well right. thing. It, very much the same. It was the same response that Chris Evans gave for Cap. The story is wrapped up. That character has been done their justice. For them to come out of acting retirement to bring that role back, I it would... has to be a very, very, very well-explained yeah. and very much necessary reason. That being said... Back, which I don't think it's going to happen. Not not now. I would be shocked if we don't see them. Not with the storylines that we still have no Down the road. Down the road. I, I'm saying I would be shocked if you don't see Tony Stark and, and Chris Evans ever again. Uh, the only one... The I would o- never say never. But no, like, yeah, yeah. Know. The only other two Unlike. in the cast that are huge, uh, William Hurt is in the movie. I don't think we've seen anything of him in any trailers. I would assume he shows up as, like, because she's technically swapped sides at that point. Correct. At the end of Civil War. So it I would imagine he be. shows up to kind of maybe chase her down or something at the beginning. Um, and he's just kind of that yeah, looming he could, threat. He, he could be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He could be, have anything to do with, with what they have going on there. It could be CIA. Who knows? Um, and then the last one, who doesn't have a name, is Ray Winstone. Uh, his character is unnamed. I have not ever heard of him before. I've never seen him. My guess is he's playing Taskmaster. It's an educated guess. That's it. Just because uh, I have to imagine they have someone playing him. Uh, I have to imagine he has voice lines. Whether the guy's just voicing him or that's actually him in the suit... That's a whole other story. Yeah, I mean that is possible. It's not. It's not unheard of. I mean, because even Mark Ruffalo had in the first Avengers movie, Lou Ferrigno did the Hulk noises and right, um, and Mark Ruffalo did Banner. So yeah, kind of had a duality there. I would just be shocked. Like I know you said we were talking before about you said you really just want Taskmaster to be. I do. I want kind of just, like a nobody. Well, not not even that. I really just want him to be some unnamed stuntman, and then all we know about Taskmaster is it's Taskmaster, and then he's just one of those looming, lurking guys right. that's always out there. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea. But, no, it's not uh, a bad idea, but like I said, I, I think it's very nearly impossible for us to go without seeing his face. I so think so, too. To be an ass, there has to be an actor underneath the mask. Or at least in the in but underneath the mask in the scenes where he's unmasked. But he's very much... The way his character is built, it's very much supposed to be that almost... Slade Wilson Deathstroke kind of character because right. he's that mercenary that's always out there for hire. He's always working for these shadow organizations such as, you know, uh, Norman Osborn's various enterprises, different shadow organizations, Hydra, every, he works for everybody. He's a mercenary right. for, for, for hire for hire. everyone. And the whole point is his anonymity behind that mask. Nobody really knows what he looks like yeah. behind it. That's even in the comics. So the thing is to attach a face and an actual actor to it, I think does that character a little bit of discredit. Not necessarily because it's going to take away anything, but just in the MCU, I know that it's very, very likely a thing yeah, to happen. Yeah. Um, More than likely, someone someone with some kind of 
But you know, I someone no pro- wants to be attached to it. So. But I have no problem giving someone who is a named actor credit to his voice. But yeah. It's just one of those things that I want the mask to stay on. I want him to remain an anonymous yeah, I agree. figure. Doesn't happen very often, but you never know. But um, so let's talk about let's talk about Spider Man and Thor. Both of those movies are starting production. Spider Man, I believe, starts in the summer. In the summer, and Thor starts in the summer as well. August. Or August. Okay, so late summer. Um, they both run through the end of the year, just about. Uh, do you think these are going to be twenty twenty movies, or are they going to be? So here's well, the thing. Let's talk about. We already know when it's set to release. Next no, next November. Yeah. So I was talking to my brother last night. Uh, he's a big Marvel buff, and I'll be honest. After Black Widow, we may have him on the show just because he knows this stuff about Marvel. He's kind of younger, so he gets a little bit of a uh, a glimpse into that. But we'll get to that when that movie comes out. Um, he's Spider Man is slated for release summer of next year. Thor is slated for release November of next year. I don't make movies for a living. I don't generally know how long it takes to do these things. It takes uh, about takes about a year to year do year and a half including pre-production post-production okay so year filming production all yeah. that stuff so okay so that makes sense i mean these days yeah i mean if you get if me if you start production on spider-man in the summer it's yeah it should be done by next summer essentially then and then same thing with thor so yeah i can see both of these movies coming out um we we talked i was talking to him yesterday and he essentially there's like 12 things slated between I'm sorry. There's ten things slated between this, this phase, year, this like phase, coming up. This and phase next is going to be one of the shortest phases because Marvel, leading up to Endgame, was dropping four movies a year, and we're yes. seeing the same thing happen with this phase. There's two movies slated for Sprint for well, not this year. Well, there's year. two begin, movies this year and Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's two movies this year. There's a there's two series. Disney Plus series because we got WandaVision that's bumped up now. Oh, I forgot that that was bumped up. So we've got four properties. Per year. Releasing, yeah. Whether I it's forgot. Disney Plus or a film, we're getting four properties yeah, a year. Yeah, because next year we're getting Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Thor Eternals. Love and Thunder, Spider-Man. Comes out this year. And Eternals is this year. So Eternal, Eternals, Black Widow, uh, WandaVision, and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier are all coming out this year. And I'll be but honest. We're getting four properties a year, and I think it's supposed to wrap by 2020. Uh, Eternals also got a synopsis recently, too. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. I... That that is a movie that is consistently making me just uh I, just, I just forget just, about it. It's just lore expanding is what it is. Appar- it's gonna be really interesting because Uh and it is confirmed to take place after Avengers Endgame as yep. well. So that's very interesting as well. I am um uh so this is what it is. Uh it is going to the Eternals the Eternals will follow the events of Marvel Temple Avengers Endgame, the studio's revealed. According to Digital Spy, Marvel's released a full synopsis of the superhero team adventure feature. Directed by Chloe Zhao, a film features a star-studded cast including Angelina Jolie, Sam Hayek, Richard Madden, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Gemma Chan, Kit Harington, uh, Barry Kogan, and Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, Marvel Studios, The Eternals will feature an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. The synopsis reads, The Eternals is scheduled for release November 6th. So, that's interesting, because we know Thanos is a Deviant, who is... Now... Correct me if I'm wrong. Thanos in the comics is a deviant, but he is a mutant 
deviant technically. Not all deviants look like Thanos. Correct. That's what he, I thought. He is a he's a unique. Yes. So what now? Whether they follow now because they have rights to essentially because of the Fox merger, uh, which. A little, right. they little bit have, of side news. They should have total control they, over his character. They removed body. Fox from the from the uh, naming. It is now 20th Century Studios. 20th Century Studios it's, and Searchlight Studios. Yeah, they, they've Fox removed Fox, essentially. Which, so that's, it's not a big expected. deal. I just think it's funny. No, everybody's um, expected it because they yeah. they're going to produce stuff, but if... Fox doesn't exist anymore. It, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that's a good. I think that's great. So I'm curious to see if um, if more deviants are kind of like okay, Thanos kind of came out. You know, let's let's do this. Let's get out there. And I'm curious the kind of route they go. I want to see if they look like Thanos and they just say, well, oh, this is what deviants look like, because technically they can do that in the MCU. It doesn't have to follow exactly with what the comics. No, does. no, and and they've actually done very well with. And adapting the comic because that's no, the I agree. The MCU with you. is an adaptation. It's very much it's, some things I have little issues with. There are little. things We're not going to get into that. Everybody has little issues with with all the little things, but even I think that's in any even fandom. with comics. If you were to switch over from you know, let's say Rob Liefeld decided he wanted to start writing a Captain America comic, following what's been done recently, right? He's going to change the character very drastically from what the last character has done and even the new illustrator is going to change things yeah. from from how the last one was and there's been issues with the comics like that nobody the weird thing about com- I mean the nice thing about comics is though generally when someone is- takes over it's a reboot entirely generally so usually you, yes. you, yeah so it's usually like okay this is a completely different universe if that happens in a movie with like the MCU that's not as it's not as ex- easily accepted essentially unless you're Don Cheadle coming in to replace. Well, yeah, but I mean that's just yeah. We can't yeah. Not nothing can be perfect, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, things happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think what I'm what I mean is, but, is but wanting to take a character in a completely different direction. My argument is here's here, here's the thing is we have to extend the same same sort of uh, creative leeway that we would give a new comic book. Writer, a new comic book Absolutely. illustrator. We have to give the we have to give directors, screenwriters, and the MCU heads the ability to change and adapt these storylines, these characters into new and unique ways that are unique yes. to this particular series of stories. Because if we don't, if we're just retelling the same thing in a comic book, we're going to be having the same issues with Marvel that we have with. DC films. Yeah. They're going to be just good. They're not going to be great. They're not going to throw in all these extra Easter eggs and these neat little things. It's literally just going to be re- a retelling of that comic book. If I wanted to retell that comic book, I go back and reread the comic book. Yeah. I want to see something new, something different, something that's going to challenge me, something that's going to go, oh, that's cool. I really like to see that. That's something I didn't consider before. I want something that's going to challenge my knowledge, something that's going to give me a little bit of an interesting thing and kind of realize that, okay, that's different and I see why they did that. And it's a really cool way that they did it. Yes. It's got to be something that's unique and interesting. It's got to keep people interested in it, but at the same time still pays respect and homage to yep. the original source material, which the MCU so far has done really well. Pretty, they, they, get the it, they get a solid 96% faithful adaptation yeah. with, with you know not actually screwing over major, major things. Uh, like I said, they've mostly been nitpicky things. Mostly. Um, um, but... Yeah, I think I think regardless, I think the the MCU has got their stuff down to a science essentially. Kevin Feige 
I mean, he's proven over the last 11 years. He knows what he's doing. I don't think we're going to have any issues or anything with anything coming up. I'm excited to see the new stories. I'm excited to learn more about, you know, what's going on. Because this is the first time in, like, eight years that we have no idea what's, like, what's going on, essentially. I mean, we kind of knew after the first Avengers game that Thanos was going to be the end, the end game, essentially. And that is a pun. Um, but, I mean, before that, we had no idea what, what it was. Uh, Nick Fury first showed up. And we, you know, we got introduced to Captain America and, you know, the Hulk movie where Robert Downey Jr. was snuck in there and Iron Man 2. I mean, we had no idea what this was going to grow into. So it's nice to, you know, have that, you know, we're not, we're unfamiliarness essentially where we, right. we and, don't know and, what's coming. And, and like I said, I was, I was very well versed once we knew what we were getting into that I, I could start reading yeah. and catching up on things. And now I'm back to the point where, okay, well now I know I have to start looking up the Deviants, and I have to become more acquainted with the Eternals, because Eternals are very deep lore Marvel Universe characters that kind of exist in the back shadows that kind of sit there, and like, they're the ones that are for the... I don't... I, I may be misquoting this, but I believe they are the ones that are responsible for the creation of the Infinity Stones. Uh, I... So, again, I'm not a big comic guy. I do believe you are correct. But we've already got established Eternal characters that we've met before. Like the Collector and the Grandmaster, those are two well-known, well-established comic book Eternals characters because they're not all collectively within one group. They're scattered throughout the universe. They're these right. ancient beings that have been around since For, the stones were created yeah. and the universe came into existence. What I think is cool is uh, I'm the, treating this Eternals movie kind of like Guardians. When Guardians of the Galaxy was first announced as a movie, I think people were kind of like there was a lot of people that didn't had never heard about them before. I think the Eternals are going to be similar to that group. Maybe not as goofy and as happy-go-lucky as yeah, them, but... Yeah, have got some strange characters. Oh, like absolutely. Like Kit Harington's Black Knight. Yeah. Which is a very Arthurian Legends... I think you're going to get... It, it's just going to be very different, but I think Guardians which was is the first I'm movie super, that proved that. I'm super excited for Black Knight and the fact that he is an Arthurian Legend kind of character. Because I really, 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 really... With the fact that we we have Loki in, in the universe, we know there's a time-jumping right. series... I think it would be a really cool thing if we got to see, and anybody who's watched the the Hulu Runaways series, um, we've got to see Morgan Le Fay, um, which is a powerful magic user, uh, evil magic user, and villain, uh, which would be tied to both old Arthurian knight lore of King Arthur and them. You know, she was the evil witch that mm. was arch enemies with Merlin the wizard and opposed King Arthur, but is also the daughter of Loki and a very, very right. powerful figure in, in, in Marvel Comics. So I think that would be a really cool way of tying tying things tying things in there. I don't think that's actually what we'll get to see, but that's a that's a neat hope. But that's the, the really great thing about moving forward and not really knowing a whole lot of what's going on right now. Yep. Is we can kind of piece things together and say, okay, these are kind of what we hope are the different plot points and how they thread together. Um but yeah, all the all the hypothesizing and just getting to jump back into the lore and learn things or relearn things that I've forgotten about um, is a really enjoyable experience for me trying to prep for these movies. Right. So uh, another quick one real quick is uh, the Hawkeye series may or may not be delayed. Um, essentially, we've seen things... Um, I mean, there's been rumors saying that it is. There's rumors saying yes. that it isn't. 
Um, and ultimately what it comes down to is it has nothing to do with Jeremy Renner and his schedule or, you know, with him trying to pursue music or whatever is going right. on right now. Um, no, he is still main, supposed to be involved. The with, with the with the production and getting to filming right now is Haley Steinfeld. Because we know that she has been Marvel and Kevin Feige's main choice for Kate Bishop for some time now. And... I, I believe the report that I read said that she has an exclusive contract with Apple TV for some of the stuff that she's producing right now. Or if it's not Apple TV, it's some other contract exclusivity with some streaming service that basically she has to work with them until that contract is up. And basically once that contract is up, they're going to fly right into production because everything else is ready to hit the ground running. They're just waiting on her because they don't want anybody other than her. They have definitely said that Runner is not going to be... Uh, removed and Disney is actually refuting claims that it's going to be delayed regardless. So I don't think there's anything to worry about if you're a big Hawkeye fan. I mean, I think it's still going to release eventually. I think they're just trying to go through some things, whether that be waiting for Haley to free up or just waiting for some stuff to die down. Um, you know, with as terrible as that is with what Jeremy Renner's got going on, um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, if that's what they're doing, but it doesn't sound like he's being removed, it doesn't sound like the show has been canceled. Uh, it does sound like it's not going to start production on time, which was spring of 2020. Um, so I, I think I, I wouldn't have anything to worry about. Until Disney comes out and explicitly, like we just learned with Kenobi, unless Disney comes out and explicitly says, hey, we're not doing this anymore, or if it's from a a you know revered website, you know, like an IGN or something like that, that has its sources that knows what it's talking about, I wouldn't read into anything where you know we get things like that with things being delayed or canceled or anything like that so um yeah that's our that's our last small one um the last big one that we're going to talk about here in a second coming up is uh something that released i actually think it released last week and we're just now getting to talk yeah, about it. yeah it was uh it was but um yeah we'll get to that here in just a second all right, so our last topic is going to be about the Morbius trailer, which last week we said was supposed to be coming any day, and it came Monday. So literally yeah, four days later. Literally four days later. So that was pretty good timing on our part. We know we heard reports about it, uh, and I just, I, I mean, we assumed that those reports were real, considering the movie does come out in about five months, six months, something like that. Yep. So I had assumed it was going to be any day before we saw something. And the trailer did not disappoint. Uh, I literally just watched it uh, right before we started recording. You'd seen it. Uh, I saw it. The day it came, it out, came you, out, you texted Monday. me immediately. You're yeah. the one who actually let me know. Um, I love it. I, I mean, here's the thing. Regardless if this is intertwined with the MCU or not, I think what Sony is building is going to be something very unique in that it, you're, you know, everyone's going to want to be a part of and, and visually see. Venom was... Good, not great. Also, and, was not officially yes. Also, not officially correct. Um, I enjoyed it enough. Morbius is to be yes. Mor- Morbius is at least involved in some way or the other. I would assume I mean, we know what Sony's plan. Is. Sony's plan is to drag everything in together. So by default, technically, it's all involved. Uh, is their thinking? Maybe I'm not sure. Well, um, this is the second time we've seen, and so I want to preface this. Especially with the... Morbius is one of those Punisher-type characters. He's he's an anti-hero. 
He, he's not really full-fledged good guy. He's not really full-fledged bad guy. But he does a lot of bad things Kinda for, like what he, for what he perceives are good reasons. Right. Um, and, and as we see in the trailer, he's, he's, a, he's a scientist, very much like Doctor Strange, who's trying to do good. Right. Um, suffers from these own, you know, neurological, biological diseases. Right. Deals with some experimental bat nonsense. Ends up getting turned into a vampire. Which the the reveal, the whole him turning around and having the fangs right. and the crazy red eyes, that is literally lifted out. Yes, I did see that. The pictures. Yep. It, is, it is identical to the reveal shot of, of that character. And Morbius is one of those characters that doesn't have a very big comic book presence. He doesn't have a long-running series. He usually right. appears in a handful of smatterings and other people's comic books. Not even like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Not that Falcon doesn't have his own series. Because uh, there was that series of Sam Wilson as as, as Cap, yeah. But for almost thirty years, he appeared as one of Cap's sidekicks. It was always Falcon and or Cap and Falcon. Right. There was no Falcon comic book. Um, Morbius is kind of the same way. He kind of just shows up in other people's things, but he's never really the title character. He gets gotcha. some small series that that appear, but he doesn't really have the following that Venom does. So it's going to be a lot harder for them to build a franchise off of him because he really is an unknown. Yeah, I mean, I think well, I think what it gets you in the first in the first five seconds of the trailer it is the studio that brought you Venom, Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Man Homecoming. So you know it is a Spider Man, you know, character essentially, and you have all the other hints in there with everything else as well. So there is, I think, the people who watch the trailers and see it, and news will get out that it's it's involved with Spider Man. So I don't think that's something that we have to worry about or anything right um the only things that are kind of that are kind of interesting and are kind of big reveals um obviously there's the mcu tie-in at the very end uh we see adrian Toomes, yep. uh aka the vulture from spider-man homecoming um kind of makes his appearance and and, and we kind of get to see because ultimately what i believe the story is going to be based on his comments to a orange jumpsuited, recently, I'm assuming, escaped from prison Morbius, because that's a prisoner's orange jumpsuit we see him running down the, the sidewalk in. Right. Um, and we see Tombs, you know, near a, a police car, and no no police. So they've had to have broken free from prison. Um, where he, he makes the comment, you know, are you tired of being, tired of being the, doing the hero thing? Uh, so he's going to obviously turn more villain-ish. Um, which will be interesting because this is our first full-fledged vampire character, and while yeah. everybody has been waiting for, and I, again, I don't think it's gonna happen because again, we already know Blade's not coming into Phase Five. Yeah, it'll be a while. Um, the fact that there's a vampire character now that exists somewhere in in correlation with the MCU, um, which again is kind of disheartening because we have a full-fledged character that is a vampire that is a known villain. Yeah. Slash anti-hero that could very much be a good nemesis to introduce Blade yeah, into the universe is kind of disappointing because we know Sony is has that hard break that's set after the next Spider-Man solo film and cameo that MCU has with him. After that, studios are parting ways for the most part. They're going to go off and do their own Spider-Man. Yeah, I would be. So we're not really going to get to see Morbius, I think, in the MCU outside of this small reference and appearance which we know, we don't really know that Venom is going to be 100% included in this universe, but we have to assume it based on 
I would bet the that way he that is. Sony has has built these I think, things, and with the way that Amy Pascal has tried to shoehorn Venom into the MCU with comments through interviews with Kevin Feige and things like that. I think we'll learn more about um, that at, uh, when the second Venom movie comes out later. We'll this get. Year. I imagine we'll get some teases from that in this film. Yes, um, because they have a lot of very tonal similarities yep. with the way that they're kind of characters that cling to shadows and things like that. But between Venom, Morbius, Vulture. And we know Scorpion. I was going to say, I was about to ask you if you think Scorpion will make an appearance. I have to imagine. That's four characters that are known Spidey Rogue Gallery villains. Yeah. Four characters. We have one brand new Spider-Man film set to come out. Um, I believe uh, the Shocker is still out there. And most of the villains that we have... I think Shocker dies. Shocker died... The original Shocker did, and then somebody else took up his. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, so that's a fifth character that may possibly be out there who used to be part of Vulture's crew. Mysterio could still be alive. I don't. Mysterio, I almost guarantee, is still alive. It's tough because it doesn't explain the end of the movie. Does not explain that well at all. Well, he's a he's a very meticulous planner and a great illusionist. So I think it's very not outside his realm, especially in comic books. Agreed. He's known to fake his death multiple times and reappear. Uh, that's kind of a known thing. It's a very... He's almost a low-key type character right. in that respect that he's very good at making you think he's dead than showing up later. Um, but we have four characters that are confirmed Spidey Rogue villains and we've known for a long time that Sony has wanted to do a Sinister Six film. Yeah, we've got... Now, it's Doc not Brown. entirely possible that these characters will turn into the Sinister Six I imagine they will lead up to it. Well, I mean, you gotta because think. Even, you got with the Mar- even with Marvel's Cinematic Universe Avengers, it's not the original Avengers. So it doesn't have to be right. the original Sinister true. Six. True. They can work with what they have now. Well, I mean, even if you do, you've got Vulture already, you've technically got Shocker, and if you keep Jake Gyllenhaal, you've got Mysterio if he's still alive. That's already half the squad right there. I, I, I would say Rhino's a pretty easy one to bring in. He's not, you know, it's not overly complicated on him. Green Goblin, that's a little different. I don't know if they want to introduce Norman Osborn like that. Uh, and then Doc Ock is a huge one that I don't know if they would be willing to to do yet. So I, I really hope that if, with the way that we're seeing them build these anti-heroes from more villainish type characters, like Venom is, is a known is a known villain that becomes anti-hero and then back to villainy. He kind of treads the... Yeah, he's that... He's a, because know. we do get those small comic book instances of like Agent Venom where he's an agent, cosmic agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and he has small moments where Eddie Brock has, has these very heroic moments to himself. Right. Um, where he can kind of channel the symbiote to do well, especially against things like Carnage, which are much worse situations. Right. Um, but for the most part, he is a more... He is a villain. He's an antagonist to Spider-Man. Uh, Morbius kind of the same thing. So getting to see these more villainous characters appear in, in this fashion, I think it'll be easier to pull away different things like that. But with Spider-Man needing a new mentor with Tony Stark out of the picture, going back to the comic, comic books where we get to see maybe Peter move into college since high school's kind yeah. of on its way out. Um, getting to see him get that internship with Octavius. That'd be uh, neat. And working cool under with him, kind of like what we saw with the Spider-Man Insomniac game. Yeah. Which, we, which is known in the comics that he, you know, he has those internships and he works under Doc and he kind of like helps try to... I'd be cool with that. That'd be try awesome. Try to help save him and then get to see him fall 
from that heroic mentor kind of thing and then become one of his greater villains and then actually build that Sinister Six and become a thing, that'd be a really cool thing to see play out because that was one of the most fantastic things in that game. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, they're building, you know, I mean, they're building the ability to do that. I think if that's their plan, their end game, essentially, I think that's a good way to do it. I think that is something that would be great. Um, like you said, I, or, you know, like we kind of both said, I think... A lot will be answered when Morbius comes out. We're going to get a lot more information when Venom 2 comes out. And then I think we'll get even more information when the third Spider-Man comes out next year, if that's what happens. I would be I would be stunned if Marvel and Sony do not continue their partnership. Do I think it may not happen? I think it's, it's a gonna possibility. Be hard. It's going to be hard. But I would be... I would be shocked. Especially with how people, a lot of people reacted the first time yeah. it almost went dead. I think if... You know, they come out and say, you know, this is it after the third one. I don't think, depending on how good the third one is. The, that's the thing is it has to kind, it has to kind of do what David Lindenhoff did with the HBO Watchmen series. They have to wrap it up in a neat enough bow that everybody can walk away happy. True. Um, which I, I don't know that we'll be able to do that because everybody's... It just seems so, like the MCU is such so a... To exactly, now. yeah. The fans it's, become so attached to Spidey now. And he is such an integral part of the universe. I still need John Barenthal carrying Tom Holland's like almost lifeless body through the door. I had we haven't got that scene yet. I need it. I need it in my bloodstream. I know, but um, the thing is, if they wrap it up in a neat enough bow that his MCU character can kind of just wash out with the mul- because if we do multiverse of madness and Doctor Strange does it well. We can kind of throw Tom Holland through some wormhole to a point where yeah. he can his story can be wrapped up for the most part and still have the opportunity to bring him back at some True. point. True. Yeah, you could do that. We can do that. We can also introduce a thousand other Spider-Men, whether it's uh, Miguel, uh, Miguel... Manny. Uh, yeah. Manny Ramirez. 20, 20, 2099. Is that his name? Manny it's Ramirez? Miguel something. I don't remember. Oh, jeez. I'm not super into all the alternate Spider-Mans, but that is one of the one of the cooler uh, Spider-Men out there. Um, but uh, like I said, you know, we're, we're going to get to see a lot of interesting things, and I'm curious to see how Sony's going to do things moving forward, um, especially with these quote-unquote collaborations. Miguel uh, O'Hara. I don't know why I thought yeah, Manny Ramirez. Um, but I do want to talk about one other thing from that Morbius trailer, uh, and it is the thing that people have kind of pointed out and commented on. Um, there's the scene that we t- talked about about Jared Leto in the orange jumpsuit before he goes to meet Tombs. Yep. Piece of graffiti on the wall yep. is a very recognizable but not MCU Spider-Man suit with the graffiti word murderer over it. And a lot of people have made the comment that it's the Sam Raimi suit, and they are correct. Um, and with the comments that have been made from Amy Pascal and how they're building their own Spider-Verse, um, air quotes, Spider-Verse, uh, film universe with Tom around Tom Holland. Right. Um, everybody kind of jumped all kinds of crazy guns with the idea that there's a Sam Raimi Spider-Man yeah, I mean, being shown in this trailer. That'd be neat. Because we have MCU, Tom Holland, Adrian Toomes, Vulture. Right. Um, and, and it does kind of have that darker, more noirish full-on Sony Spider-Man tone that we saw with the original Raimi uh, Spider-Man. But it's been confirmed, uh, for the most part, that 
that is not a Sam Raimi film costume. It is inspired by the films, but it's actually a screenshot from the PS4 Insomniac game. Um, which again, a lot of inner twisting you, you webs and, here. You and I talked about, ha, funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, but we talked about this before, uh, before we went live here, uh, because you, like we mentioned just before the show, you watched the Morbius trailer. Um, there are multiple, there's like 24, 26 different unlockable suits. Yeah. In various versions. Something of like that. Comics and including three or four different versions yeah, of DLC, MC, all that stuff. Well, there's three or four different versions of the MCU suits. Like there's the homemade Peter Parker suit. There's the Iron Spider suit. The there's Spider, the Stark Tech suit. There's the Stark Tech suit. There's the upgraded suit from the there's, new Spider Man. There's four different MCU yeah. Spider Man suits. There's one Sam Raimi suit in the game. If they're going to use a screenshot, why wouldn't they use one of the MCU ones? Especially if they're going to try to integrate Tom Holland's Spider-Man into this universe. Why would you use the Sam Raimi suit? Other than just, it's a nifty placeholder kind of thing. Because we've seen this done in the past with, not just Marvel movies, but with other Sony property films. They use a lot of their B-list, their deleted scene footage to get people interested in the film without giving away actual major plot points. Um, because like we saw with the Infinity War and Endgame trailers, a lot of footage was not used or it was directly used to mislead people. Like with Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster armor that we never actually saw. Oh man, don't remind me. It's very possible that that Sam Raimi Spider-Man suit on the wall is just meant to be an Easter egg for the trailer. It's more likely it's going to be replaced with an MCU Spider-Man. 100% possible. Uh, it may not even look like that. It may just be somebody drawing the spider symbol with murder on it from his from his chest piece. Um, so it's, it's going to be hard to tell. Do I actually think we're going to get to see a crossover between Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland in an actual live-action Spider-Verse, a la animated Spider-Verse with multiple Spider-Men? No, but dear God, that's amazing. That'd be cool. Um, and if you're listening, Amy Pascal, please, please, please do that. I will pay all the money to see them and and, yes. and Andrew Garfield all just web swinging. Oh like my crazy. God! Um, you can leave. You can leave Electro alone. Let let <laughs> let let Jamie Foxx's Electro die. <laughs> um, but please bring all the Spider Men back. <laughs> yeah, I think that is something that, regardless, I think we'd all kind of be super super hyped for. Um, not every day you kind of get an opportunity like that. But like I said, Sp- Spider-Man on his own, as Sony has done him, hasn't necessarily always been great. The movies have always been good. But I, I say that in the very much, you know, as we look at the DCEU. Were the, Mar- were the DC films with Ben Affleck and all the live action that they've done so far good? Yeah. They weren't particularly great. They didn't, right. they didn't really jump the gun. They kind of met the bar that Marvel sets in terms of Okay, here's characters, here's Easter eggs, whatever. But they don't really go the extra mile the way Marvel films do. Sony's kind of the same way. They do some good things. They introduce some interesting concepts for the characters. They kind of put them in these interesting stories and directives. But they haven't really exceeded expectation in any way. Venom pretty much strayed from a lot of its content. It, it, it It was very concerning for most comic book lovers and fans of Spider-Man and Venom to see how Venom would exist in a world where it hasn't interacted with Spider-Man. Uh, and it did well, um, mostly because Eddie Brock is a strong enough character yes. in the comics that he, he's a well-beloved character in that, in that canon that he has enough of his own followings 
that Venom has enough of its own following. Morbius doesn't really, like we discussed earlier. Right. It's kind of an unknown to people. Um, like, I had to go back and do a whole bunch of research because I, I knew the name, but I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know anything really about him. I had to do a whole bunch of research just to become acquainted to talk about him in this episode. Right. Um, but that's the thing is I think it's going to be interesting to see where they take this universe building it forward because we still haven't seen Tom Holland Spider-Man interact with any of these characters yet um, and, and to see what kind of universe Sony is going to build with yeah. Tom Holland at the center which we know has always been their plan um, seeing how that all comes to fruition without Marvel or with Marvel in the picture either way is going to be interesting and promising because we already have this love for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and I don't think they're going to be able to fundamentally change the way that that character has been built and portrayed um, just because of the attachment people have to him without recasting him again. So yeah. they've, they're kind of pigeonholed in, into this, this position of we have to kind of keep working with Marvel, but not really. So it's good, like I said, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be difficult to see how they want to push things forward in their own direction while also meeting those those needs yeah, for, for the fans. Absolutely. Um, so we're at an interesting crossroad point, and I'm very curious to see where it moves forward. Not necessarily 100% optimistic about it, but I have hopes because we are seeing some promising things, especially with... Don't break your chair. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you. I think what Sony's got going on, I think if they, if they take hints from the MCU and what it's doing, they're going to be just fine. Um, I enjoyed Venom enough. I hope they improve on Venom 2. It is going to introduce one of my favorite Marvel villains in Carnage. Uh, I think Morbius has a chance to do something um, something different than most movies do because you're, you're right. You're taking more of an anti-hero villain type. More, even more so than Venom, I think, at, at, at certain points. And you're introducing him as the protagonist in a movie, and that doesn't happen a whole lot. Speaking of that, do we know who the the antagonist is going to be in Morbius? No idea. Okay, I, I don't know. I think it's more meant to be we just watch like him fall himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like an internal kind of because thing. they kind of build that with Jared Leto's kind of narration through the gotcha. whole thing is you know we see him try to do all these good things, and then he talks about how it's not wholly legal. So then we see him kind of fall into these dark tendencies. So he kind of goes from trying to do good things. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be very much more akin to what we saw with the original Incredible Hulk in the MCU. Where it's the monster inside taking gotcha. over, and you know he doesn't really have control over it, so it's going to be kind of the, that sort of thing. That'd be um, interesting. I, I wouldn't and mind that. Him fall into that villainy, and not necessarily like he kind of realizes that what's inside him, the things that have given him these powers that has transformed him, he doesn't really have control over. God, right. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be very much like I said, very much akin to Venom. Like Eddie Brock may have some power, but ultimately. Venom, the symbiote, right. is what is what where the power lies. Right. And it, it all comes down to whose will is stronger. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but I think Morbius is going to be his own worst enemy going into this. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And moving forward, we'll see how uh, how Tom Holland fares against him and uh, yeah, his growing. Yeah, I think gallery. I think I'm excited. I think this is going to be one of the um, one of the you know, highlights of this movie year. There's not, like you said, there's not a ton of Marvel stuff. There's obviously no Star Wars stuff this year. So I think when we get things like this, um, it's going to, you know, really push things to be a little bit 
you know, more exciting this year. But um, do you have anything else you want to talk about tonight? I don't think we've got a whole lot more going on. Um, I know I don't have anything um, that we need to discuss or anything like that. It's been, for the most part, uh, it's been a busy week, but things were pretty compact in the in the in the three genres we we kind of talked about tonight to keep things going um the one thing that we did mention that you did mention to me earlier uh the lord of the rings series on amazon yeah right? amazon it got a cast was, it, it got cast and some of the things that people are putting out on it is it's not really a whole new reboot it's kind of supposed to be a soft prequel Almost. Okay. To, I knew it wasn't in the same age. It's supposed as to be a soft. What was going on? To the, uh, to the, uh, Hobbit. To to the Lord of the Rings films that okay. Peter Jackson did. Gotcha. Okay. It's supposed so to be all a very those. soft, uh, very soft prequel, um, because we already know that um, we don't know who everybody is playing, um, but we do know that there are two named characters, uh, one of which is Galadriel. Uh, who's being played by uh, the poor woman whose name I cannot pronounce to save oh, my life. It's Moff, Moff Fear. I know who Moff, you're talking about. But um, we have a lot of uh, recognizable names uh, on the cast list uh, and a lot more that are relative unknowns. Um, but anybody who's Game of Thrones fans will rec- recognize uh, young Ned Stark uh, as well as... Um, uh, uh. Is Kate Blanchett not playing Gladriel again? No. Oh. It is a young Gladriel. Oh. Which means it's going to be very probably far in the past, which yeah. is why I say it's supposed to be a soft prequel. Right. I knew it was a, like I said I knew it was a different age. I just wasn't sure uh, what they wanted some of the elves to look like because obviously the elves you know elves don't really age so they right. all kind of look the same all the time. So I mean like obviously Orlando Bloom is getting older, Kate Blanchett's getting older, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's a wholly new cast. It's not going to feature anybody that we really know of gotcha. from the original films, but it is supposed to be a soft prequel to uh, Peter Jackson's original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Hey, the good news is if Sean Bean shows up in it, we know he can't die. <laughs> so, I mean, you say that, <laughs> but, but no, I don't. I, I I think it is going to be much earlier. I think I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy takes place in the third age, and I do believe this series is taking place in the second age. If I've read things correctly, I may be There incorrect. hasn't really been a lot put out on it. It's a lot that's really just up in the air with the series. Um, but they have said that they want to do a lot with this. Um, yeah, and I think that's great. I think we, it's been a while since we've gotten any Lord of the Rings um, material, really. The last, the last like, um, pop culture stuff we got were the Shadow of War and the Shadow of Mordor games. Um, other than that, I can't remember anything. Can you... Lord of the Rings wise, I mean, they don't really do new books or comics or anything like that with this. Stuff. I mean, they've released a lot of stuff. Like, they've they've released a lot of extra notes and gotcha. updates through to the Cimmerillion and like stories of like Aowen and Fieldy or whatever the name of that that lover's story is. Like, there's a lot of like smaller folklore tales that Tolkien wrote but never actually published. It's a lot gotcha. of just unfinished, unwritten stories. Gotcha. Um, that are kind of being published on their own uh, in the universe. Uh, but a lot of it basically just gets thrown into new editions of the Cimmerillion uh, just to kind of expand on right. what was already there. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a, a good series to kind of sink your teeth into if you're kind of missing that. We know Witcher's not going to be here for another year. Uh, Game of Thrones is obviously over, and we're not getting House of Dragon until 2022, I believe. 
So that will be something good to sink your teeth into if that comes out within, you know, within the next, you know, year or so before anything else. But uh, anything else you got to talk about tonight? I think I've wrapped up all my subjects. We got to everything we want to talk about pretty much. And we're, we're just under our, you know, kind of planned period for the most part. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, everything I've got. Disney has announced that they are going to do a National Treasure 3. I did see that. Cage. I did see that. That's going to be interesting. And that is uh, with Nick Cage. He is going to come back and do it. I would assume. Yeah, um, I mean. <sighs> because the franchise really doesn't live without him. It's true. Um, and honestly, I liked the second film. I didn't think it was better than the first one. It was a good movie. I'm not sure that I've seen the second but one. But I really, really, really want it to be focused on, because they really alluded to that whole missing page 47 or whatever it is it was in the president's library, you know, that that book of president's Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the one I haven't seen. So the uh, second one, I I know what it page deals 47, with. Page but... 47, the missing page 47. I really, really want it to be about that because I want to know all those secrets. But that's just me. Are those on Disney Plus? I don't know. I don't know. But I guarantee you can rent them for super cheap on Amazon. Yeah, I'll have to check because that is something I'd love to watch those again. It's been a long time since I've watched the first one. But yeah, they they do want to do the third film. Um, Hey, with with Disney Plus, anything is possible now, folks. You can get sequels to things you never would have thought you were getting a sequel to. And, uh, uh, just in relevant to to me news, um, Bad Boys for Life is getting really really great reviews, and they they're already, doing another one, and they've already confirmed there will be a Bad Boys Four. I saw that. Speaking of Bad Boys Four, guess who's going to be co writing National Treasure Three? The guy who's some it. of the guys yep. who are writing Bad Boys. So it's for very Life. interesting. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's good. That's getting good reviews. It's funny when you take Michael Bay out of a franchise, it just suddenly gets a lot better. I mean, Bumblebee, Bad Boys for Life. Only exception to that is the Black Sail series on Stars. It was amazing. I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay, so it debuted. It's only four season, four seasons long. Um, when it came out, I want to say six, seven years ago. Uh, it debuted at at San Diego Comic Con. They aired the very first pilot episode. And they automatically renewed it for an entire second season. So that's uh, Black Sails is pirate stuff, right? Black Sails is so pirate. So that's that's they your thing, but Michael, I feel like I feel like he, Michael Bay is good with that because he take you take all the technology and the other crazy stuff out of it. Yeah. There's only so much he can do with it. So he's like, okay, I gotta focus on story because you, I'm not gonna get you guys to watch it for anything else. You've got gunpowder and cannons. I that's mean, it. There's a couple of ships that get all explodey, but they don't. Right. Really yeah. Get, they don't, don't really get much more explodey than they do in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Michael Bay's like, I'll find a way, guys. I'll, I'll get it done don't worry <laughs> but but it is a really good story i like to basically call it for more or less it is pirates game of thrones uh because it does focus on a revolving cast and they are pirates um, right and it, it kind of deals with that whole uh if anybody played black flag and you really love that story it deals a lot with that brotherhood of the coast and the pirates and dealing with the pirate hunters and and that whole nation they were trying to build on nassau but they take a nice little literary spin to it and they take the you know, like Long John Silver and Captain Flint from Treasure Island. They take that whole fictional crew and they weave them into the actual history of what happened and it makes a very, very... See, um, I like stuff like that. I think that would be nice. So. And it's perfection. It's the only thing I think Michael Bay has ever done to perfection. <laughs> and There's not a lot. Dear God, it's amazing. It's only four seasons. It's well worth the money. You can get it through stars and who it's on hulu it's on hulu go there you go it's on hulu guys (laughs) 
But all right, I think that's going to wrap up our show. We're sitting just under an hour and a half, which is, like I said, I think we've talked about it before. It's our sweet spot. So we appreciate you guys listening with us. And next week, uh, are you – so next week I'm gone. If you guys uh, don't know, I'll be in Disney World actually. So I'm going to get to uh, get a bunch of Galaxy's Edge stuff in me, Um, pretty much anything they've opened in the last year. Hopefully I get to ride Rise of Resistance. So I'm sure I'll have some stories to tell you guys about that. We'll talk about it when I get back. Um, I don't know if I'll be here doing anything with okay. you guys. Uh, we will find out. If stuff comes up, obviously I'll find a way to, to make yeah, something I mean, happen, even if it's just a small little blur. I may bring somebody else in to talk about some other things. We might, uh, since I know uh, Soul Man's not really into the tabletop stuff, we might get some other people from D&D and Pathfinder to come in and talk about uh, a couple of different things because they've been releasing a bunch of new stuff. Uh, there, so anybody who's interested in tabletop gaming, uh, stay tuned. We might do something like that next week. Just depends on if I can get people free to talk. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, we might just talk about other random things. Things that are going on. I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure the way news has been dropping recently. I'm sure that something will pop up that we'll feel the need to talk about. But but um, anyway, go out, read your comic books, watch your shows, enjoy your movies, love the things that you love, and until then. When we see you next time, keep between the joysticks. You guys have a good night.